1: And uh, his entourage are out feeding and graining the horses from the buggy that brought him here. Good morning, Dr. History. How are you? Just
0: great. We had a wonderful Fourth of July celebration. Had all 14 of my grandkids, my six kids and their spouses, and I don't know who else showed up, but other relatives and friends and just had a wonderful and and I did uh, tell you about my uh traeger grill that I uh, grilled two great big oh. pork butts oh. delicious moist ooh what kind yeah. of a basting did you put on it I don't remember i just uh I had a little friend uh one of my my son-in-law's brother came and he had all these things he helped me put on it and oh, oh yeah, it I, bet,
1: was, I bet it was just absolutely like oh, candy
0: oh just Kinder, wonderful. Yeah. Oh,
1: well, I certainly appreciate the invitation.
0: <laughs> Next time. Next year, <laughs> you maybe. You say that every time. I know, I know. Oh, we'll do it one of these years. Hey, do you have anybody you need to thank? Or I do. I do. I want to say hi to a family in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit? Detroit, Michigan. My goodness. This is an Armenian family. Really? And they, uh, the mother and father are both Armenian. Uh, the father, is name's Aaron. Broglin, his wife, and I hope I pronounce these correctly, his wife's his name is Zaruhi. They have a daughter, Sose, another daughter, Sona, a son, Arman, and they are coming out here to visit They are coming to Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, and so I've given them a whole list of places to go up by Island Park. So you're
1: the professional tour guide,
0: Exactly. I mean, uh, Virginia City, Nevada City. Oh, my. uh, They might make it up to Glacier Park. Did they say how they
1: came across your name and Dr. History? I don't know. You (laughs) know, this just proves my point. I got into a little heated discussion with somebody not too long ago, and I said, we're listened to all over the country on this program and I uh, said all over the world, literally. I mean, I, I don't know how many countries. And you're just solidifying the fact that people are tuning in on the Internet sir And
0: I think it's just probably word of mouth. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, want to welcome the Brooklyn family out here to Idaho. In Detroit. Yeah. They wow. might even come up here to uh, meet me in Burley. And Wouldn't it be great if we could get them on the radio? Oh, that would be fun, too. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So today... What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about someone, and I think a lot of people may have heard of this lady, Pearl Hart. Have you heard of Pearl Hart? Maybe not. Uh, Pearl S. Hart? Uh, I don't know. Was that her middle initial? I I don't know. Uh, Was
1: she related to uh, Bill
0: Hart? No. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So here we go. She was a true lady outlaw, uh, even if she was not a very good one. (laughs) Uh, She was always a source of interest to the public and to the sheriff who brought her in. When Sheriff Bill Truman of Pima County, Arizona, arrested Pearl Hart in 1899, he described her to the Arizona Daily Star as, quote, A tiger cat for verve and endurance. She looks feminine enough now in the woman's clothes I got for her. And one can see the touch of a tasteful woman's hand in the way she has brightened up her cell. Yet only a couple of days ago, I had a struggle with her for my life. She would have killed me in my tracks. Could she have gotten to her pistol? Sure, women are curious creatures. Now, wait a minute.
1: I do know this woman. She yeah. was, uh, I don't have any pictures of her. Do you?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. I, she was kind of petite and small, oh, wasn't yeah. she? Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah let he's me gonna show He's going
1: to show me a picture. Well, of there's pro- one picture of her.
0: And she was uh, kind of manhandling the sheriff, right? And here's the other picture. Oh, my goodness. First one, she looks like an outlaw. This one, she looks like just a sweet little going-to-church lady. Yeah, I was going to say she's passing the collection plate. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Pearl Hart's wild move into the crime world was apparently sparked out of a desire to help her mother. Now, her mother and sister had taken over the rearing of her two children in Ontario, Canada, around 1899. So Pearl Hart received word from her older sister that their mother was very sick and the medical bills were piling up. Mm Mm-hmm. So Hart wasn't exactly in a position to offer any financial assistance. She divorced her first husband, a guy named Fred Frederick Hart, uh, and he was also the father of her children. But Pearl Hart was living with an aspiring miner named Joe Boot. Now, his mining claims didn't pan out, so the couple turned to robbery. Oh, well, naturally. <laughs> sure. So, uh, you know, you've got you to gotta make a little money. So yeah. Hart would actually lure drunken men to her room, Boot would clobber them on the head, knock them senseless, and then they would just steal the guy's money and leave him on the floor, knocked out, oh my. to wake up with no money and... Uh, A headache.
1: big headache.
0: So, anyway, this worked for a while until they were spotted and nearly arrested, uh, managing to escape a few steps ahead of the law. After that scare, Hart came up with what she thought was a less risky plan. Mm. This scheme involved holding up the Boston Globe stage between Globe and Florence, Arizona. Really? Like so many of her outlaw sisters, Hart disguised herself as a man, like that picture I showed you. Yeah. To carry out the crime, so she actually cut her hair and put on a common miner's shirt, coveralls, and with resolve she tucked her pants into her boots, pulled on a cowboy hat, and on May 30th, 1899, Hart and Boot stepped out in front of the stagecoach with their guns drawn. I see. Boot held up the uh, driver while Hart. Lightened the load of all three passengers. She got about $450 for her efforts. That's pretty good, you
1: know. Back in those
0: days. Yeah. And she reportedly gave each of her three victims a dollar back so they'd have money for food and a hotel room when they got to town. So she was a kind uh, uh, robber. Kind of a Robin Hood. Yeah. Well, anyway, then the Desperados fired a few shots in the air, and they took off on their horses on a dead run. And they tried to put as much distance as they could between themselves and the posse that was sure to be after them. Sure. Now, uh, planning is key, right, Zeb, with anything you try to do.
1: Well, you and I are not bank robbers, no, so we can't equate no. to that. So, but...
0: so the trouble was, they got completely and hopelessly lost. Wait a minute, they, they got lost? They got lost. So, Boot was about as good an outdoorsman as he was a miner. In other words, not much. I see. For two days, they wandered in circles, hungry, tired, and confused, out in the desert. And the posses after. And the posses after. Oh. On the third day, completely exhausted, they had to sleep. And when they woke up, uh, there was a Winchester and a Colt forty-five looking them in the face.
1: So basically, they made a bad mistake.
0: They did. They didn't have a GPS. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, anyway, thanks to a posse led by Sheriff Bill Truman, the pair had made it only a few miles from the holdup site. Are you kidding they me? Were only a few After miles. After three days? Yeah. They just went in circles. You'd think they would have seen at least their tracks and thought, well. These are our tracks. Oh, these are
1: really sharp crooks.
0: Anyway, at first, Hart seemed uh, to be kind of compliant. She told Truman her name and the name of her partner in crime, Joe Boot, which was probably not really his real name, Mm. but uh, it's a name that says stuck with him for whatever reason. Anyway, then Hart tried to bolt, forcing Truman to wrestle her to the ground. And remember, she's not very big. No. She took off running. Well, and as the sheriff commented later, quote, she was anxious not to go to jail.
1: Uh, Anxious not to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Arizona Star characterized Hart as, quote,. A wildcat woman, and had she not been relieved of her weapon, a bloody foray might have resulted.
1: The language in those days was so colorful.
0: It it really was. I I am so amazed when I read the actual uh, words that they used. So, anyway, the two bandits were charged, and they were held in Florence, Arizona, jail. Now, Hart was later moved to the jail in Tucson. I've been to Florence. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, she went to the jail in Tucson because it had better facilities for the women. Yeah. For women. Yeah. Now, the media had a field day with her arrest and trial, and she seemed to quite enjoy the notoriety. Really? This was kind of exciting. Uh, she was eagerly giving interviews and signing autographs. Uh, crowds of people would sometimes gather around the jail to get a glimpse of the, pre- a glimpse of the pretty lady who robbed the stage. <laughs> National newspapers and magazines, such as Cosmopolitan, arrived in droves to interview her in oh jail. My. I mean, she was a huge uh, you know, thing back then. How old was she when this took uh was? I'm going to say a, a late 20s. Late 20s. Yeah, I think so. But uh, enjoying uh, his time in the spotlight, uh, Sheriff Truman, he kind of fed uh, the frenzy, telling the Arizona Daily Star, quote, She is a delicate, dark-haired woman with little about her that would suggest the ability to hold up a stage loaded with frontiersmen. She had refined features, a mouth mouth of the true rosebud type, and clear blue eyes that would be confounding to a baby. (laughs) That was what he said. Okay, Hart soon became one of the most famous women in Arizona. No kidding. Yeah. And all she did was rob a stage and get lost. You know, that's pretty good. She had a heck of a PR person. She did. Now, the newspapers credited Hart with being the first and only female stagecoach bandit in the West. However... A woman by the name of Jane Kirkham had beaten her to this honor in 1879 when she robbed a stage near Buena Vista, Colorado, but she was killed in the robbery and never had a time time to become a national sensation. Yeah, Pearl Hart was better off lost. Yeah, she was better off to not get shot. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what led Hart down her kind of dusty road to fame, she was born Pearl Lindsay in approximately 1872 in Lindsay, Ontario, Canada. She attended a boarding school and received a really good, actually, education for a girl in her day. She was very well educated. Her mother had hoped boarding school would kind of stop Pearl's adventurous spirit. I guess she just kind of loved the, you know, just getting out there and doing adventures and stuff. Nothing about her dad. No. Nope. But anyway, this didn't stop her, and Pearl wasn't above running away from school when she got bored with the routine. So you can see she's a bit of a wild child. Yeah. Yeah. So during one of her adventures, Pearl met a kind of a rogue named Frederick Hart. As some accounts refer to him as John Hart. Anyway, he I guess he was a good-looking man who kind of swept her off her feet. She was in love, but her family would have none of it. Pearl and Frederick Hart eloped. She was 17 years old. Oh, my. Which, you know, back then, you know, really 15, 16, 17 was not unusual for marriage at all. Well, Frederick Hart dreamed of being a full-time gambler. Unfortunately, he wasn't very good at
1: it. Sounds to me like we got a bunch of... Yeah, uh...
0: and it always seemed uh, to spend more money than he made. Worse, he was also supposed to be kind of a heavy drinker. Uh-oh. And, unfortunately, he abused Pearl physically. Pearl frequently left him but would come back when he promised to straighten up his life, mm. which is a common story. Yeah. Eventually, the cycle would start again. He would lose money, fall into debt and poverty, then start beating up on Pearl. Well, the, comp- the couple lived, obviously, from hand to mouth, Uh Anyway, Hart went from job to job uh, while the two children, uh, uh, you know, they really couldn't take care of them. And um, so finally, she took the two kids with, mm-hmm. to her mother and sister, and she stayed with Fred Hart a little. Well, they little, did have two children. Yeah. And she stayed with him for a little longer. But. Finally, you know, the couple moved to Chicago in 1893, so Frederick could work as a barker at one of the exhibits at the World's Columbian Exposition. Oh. Okay. Now, Pearl worked odd jobs, but she also had a lot of free time to wander about this exposition. Listening to the lectures, seeing the shows, the exposition, kind of changed her life. She saw things she'd never seen before, and the Wild West shows got her attention. Really? And especially Sharpshooter... Annie Oakley. Oh, my. Sometimes, of course, known as Little Miss Sure Shot. Yep. Yeah. And particularly, she was intrigued by Annie Oakley. She thought she was kind of a hero, kind of worshipped her a little bit. So Pearl soon developed a fascination with firearms and shooting. What was more, she wanted to see and experience the West and had a great desire to travel to the frontier to see the vast plains and the rugged mountains. Mm -hmm. So. She was an adventurer. She really okay. was. Pretty uh, pretty brave, really. So Pearl was deter- determined to move west, uh, specifically to Trinidad, Colorado.
1: Oh, yes.
0: And so yes. she did without Frederick. Oh. <laughs> she left Frederick behind. Freddie got dumped. <laughs> the facts about her life in Trinidad, Trinidad are a little uh, fuzzy. We don't really know much about what she did there. I see. But what is known is that she reconciled with Frederick one more time. Oh, no. <laughs> In the late 1890s, then finally gave up on the marriage for good. The couple divorced. I see. So she finally learned her lesson. Now, now, what about the kids? They're still with uh, grandma and sister back oh, up in back up in Canada. I see. I see. So anyway, she met Joe Boot. Oh, in good old eight, Joe. In 1899 in Arizona, in an interview later in life, she said he was a wonderful man, and she loved him. But he was worthless. Well, he wasn't very good at directions, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, at other times, well, and, and she goes on to say, at other times, she said he was useless. <laughs> According to Sheriff Truman, she expressed, quote, Nothing but contempt for her companion.
1: (laughs) Man, things went downhill, didn't they?
0: Yeah, so she went from one loser to another. Yeah. Anyway, her true feelings uh, will never be known, but the duo certainly managed to find trouble together. Uh, uh, When Hart was still in the Tucson jail for the stagecoach robbery, she and Boot pulled. uh, She she got a little stir-crazy. She didn't like being in jail.
1: Well, can you imagine
0: that? So they decided to bust out. I and see. feel the fresh air again. She found a willing accomplice in Ed Hogan.
1: Now, wait a minute. Her and Booter in jail together? Together. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, she found an accomplice in the, by a guy named Ed Hogan. He was a jail trustee who had been jailed for drunkenness. Oh. Uh-huh. So he was a trustee. Yeah. So the two jailbirds decided to create a hole in the wall of her prison cell. On October twentieth, eighteen 1899, the Tucson Star reported, quote, After everything was quiet, it was the work of a few minutes to cut a hole through the wall into Pearl's room. She held a sheet to catch the plaster. After the hole was cut through, she put a sheet underneath and placed her chair upon that crawled through the hole. Hart was recaptured a few days later in New Mexico and brought back to jail in Tucson. Didn't somebody hear all this ruckus? (laughs) Well, like I said, the trustee was kind of... Not really a good trustee.
1: No, and he was kind of the Otis of Mayberry.
0: Yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Okay. So in late eighteen ninety nine the celebrity outlaw was tried for the stagecoach robbery. Hart put on quite a show for the court, using the court as a platform to expound on her views of feminism. She flatly stated feminism. <laughs> she flatly stated that no court of men had the authority to put her on trial. She argued, quote, I shall not consent to be tried under a law in which my sex had no voice in making. She wanted some women to be in the jury. Yeah. And back then, I don't think they ever let. I'm not you know, going to cross her. You tell her. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, after a heated trial, the jury acquitted Pearl Hart. Really? <laughs> now, her partner in crime, Joe Boot, was sentenced to 30 years <laughs> at the Yuma Territorial Prison. But she got away. She got You gotta be kidding so, me. For the anyway, same crime? Yeah. Yeah. Oh so that was eighteen ninety nine. Well in nineteen oh one he escaped from prison, fled to Mexico, never to be seen. How did he find Mexico? That that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. So anyway, Judge Fletcher Dolan, he was kind of mad that the jury had acquitted Hart. Uh He urged the prosecutors to charge her with stealing a pistol from the driver of the stage. Hart was immediately charged, tried and convicted of the crime, and sentenced to five years at the Yuma Territorial Prison. While serving her time, Hart continued to grant interviews, although some of the public interest uh, in her kind of faded. She described her dream of a career as a performer, perhaps in a Wild West show. She even talked uh, to a playwright who wanted to write a play about her life and cast her as the star once she was out of prison. But uh, Hart's stay in prison was short but eventful. She had special privileges and a private cell, which was kind of uh, rare for a human. Uh, She sometimes crammed 10 inmates into one cell where they they would sometimes. Well, anyway, um, uh, here's what she did. She told the authorities that she was pregnant. She wasn't telling the truth. Nevertheless, uh, they decided that the best thing would be to let her go.
1: You gotta be kidding.
0: Because she probably lied about that, but. On December 19, 1902, Hart walked out the door a free woman. She soon discovered that she'd become old news, history lost track of her, and legend once again fills in the gaps. It's said that she tried her hand at acting or even moved back to Ontario where she lived quietly with her kids and her older mother. It's believed that she died in the, in the 1950s, but... The legend continues on. She
1: went back to Canada.
0: To Canada, yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah. So, All of that because of a botched holdup. A botched hold up, And, uh, you know, she she wasn't a bad person, I don't oh, think. Oh, no, you know? she was just a real joy. <laughs> you know, I mean, the sheriff described her, you know, like, yeah. he was glad she didn't have a gun when he arrested <laughs> her. Or he might be pushing up daisies. Zach so. Pearl Hart. Pearl Hart. And let
1: me yeah. see that picture again. Okay. I cannot believe well, that somebody p- that small and diminutive... If that's
0: the picture of her with her gun and her uh-huh. hat and her, her overalls. Uh-huh. Then this is the picture of her... Look at that. A, a bonnet. Sweet a, a beautiful... Sweet little lady. Yeah, I mean, why. she just looks like she could be, like say, sitting next to her in church.
1: Pass the tea and crumpets. I'll <laughs> tell you what. Doc, yep. I got to run, but that's a good story. How, and she died up in Canada.
0: In the 1950s, they think. 50s. Somewhere back there.
1: Well after you and I were born. Well, <laughs> after. <laughs> Somewhere on that. Yeah, all right. Hey, God bless you, man. You bet. And uh, to those people back in Detroit, uh, thank you for listening. You bet. Thank okay. you. All right.